is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. Once again, it's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Now, whether you're new to the Frankly Daniel Show or a longtime listener, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining me today. It's an honor to be here. Yes, indeed, it is an honor to be here today with you. Now, my show today is really about liar, liar, your pants are on fire. How often have we heard that in reference to this current administration? Perhaps it's more like, liar, liar, your presidency's on fire. And yes, I'm talking about the Joe Biden presidency. Uh, Who else would I be talking about? You know, there is poisonous rot. I would say there's poisonous rot in the deep state that's no longer so deep. Now, the deep state is so bold these days that it's really operating out in the open. That's what we're talking about with the weaponization of the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, and anyone else you can think of with uh, three initials. Yes, the deep state, they think of themselves as the untouchables, if you will. Now, of course, they all report in one fashion or another to the deep state in chief, Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr., But Joe is so beholding to the deep state that he doesn't dare call them out and put a decisive stop to any of their shenanigans. And some of the shenanigans are pretty darn evil. He couldn't even do this if he tried. Joe wouldn't last a week, not even a full week, should he ever take command and fire the CIA, FBI directors, and sack Meritless Garland, the attorney general. Let's face it, Trump tried his hand at draining the swamp. And for this, he had a presidential election stolen from him. Not to mention the endless, vicious attacks that are still going on against Donald J. Trump. In the first part of the show today, I'm going to play a series of clips from the second presidential debate between President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, none of these clips is any longer than about two minutes. But the value in having an hour to cover these topics is that you're not restricted to using 20-second clips or only sort of highlighting sensational statements. You get a chance to get a better flavor for what was going on. Now, I found what was said in this second debate to be extremely enlightening, especially given what's transpired really in the last two years, even within the last month, I would say, when you're talking about classified documents and this ballooned uh, shenanigans that went on uh, just recently over this last week. Now, I'm not going to cover all the topics that were in this debate, but there are several that are really key to building this foundation to what a liar Joe Biden is. And it's also building a foundation that's going to come back and bite Joe big time as these committees in the House begin to get underway exploring these issues of influence peddling, classified documents, and how he's handling China and whether, in fact, he's compromised by China. You'd have to think that with all the things that have gone on, Joe knows that China could end his presidency in a nanosecond by releasing what they know from their side 
of how these transactions went down. And trust me, millions of dollars were exchanged. We're going to find that all out coming forward. Millions upon millions, not to mention the $1.2 billion agreement Hunter Biden walked out of China with in terms of managing somebody's money, somebody who's very tied into the People's Republic Communist Party in China. Uh, that was a deal that got set up when Hunter flew on Air Force Two with Joe to China, flew back with this big deal, a deal that was sort of settled within an hour. Once again, I want to uh, put down a caveat that my conclusions today are my opinion. They're nobody else's opinion. I take responsibility for it. And as I said, I'm not going to cover all the topics in that particular debate today. I'm going to reserve some of those for next week. Instead, I'm, I'm going to focus on the parts that build to an unmistakable conclusion that Joe Biden, the same Joe Biden who was senator for 36 years, the same Joe Biden who was Barack Obama's white man in the White House for eight years, the same Joe Biden is a pathological liar. He's an exemplar of how to lie and get away with it, but maybe not any longer. As as we will come to focus on the next shows of Biden's life, of both biographical and political lies, President Biden will rue the day he decided to get into the big money end of influence peddling. So I ask you to stay with me as we remember, and for some of us who didn't hear it the first time, what, what was actually debated or talked about at that second presidential debate. And for the record, that was on October 22nd of 2020. I was put through a phony witch hunt for three years. It started before I even got elected. They spied on my campaign. No president should ever have to go through what I went through. Let me just say this. Mueller and 18 angry Democrats and FBI agents all over the place spent $48 million they went through everything I had, including my tax returns, and they found absolutely no collusion and nothing wrong. Forty-eight million. I guarantee you, if I spent one million on you, Joe, I could find plenty wrong. Because right. the kind of things that you've done and the kind of monies that your family has taken, I mean, your brother made money in Iraq. Let me Millions of dollars. Your other brother made a fortune. And it's all through you, Joe. And they say you get some of it. And you do live very well. You have houses all over the place. You live very well. All right. So this clip, this Trump clip, updates the public on October 22nd of 2020 on what he's been through. In essence, the attacks on his character by the deep state, the Democrats, Joe Biden, the, the whole shebang for four years. And he also begins to introduce the laptop from hell when he begins to talk about the money that Hunter has received, Joe's brothers have received, and by inference, Joe has also received. So this next clip is of Donald Trump once again coming back to the inferences around the laptop that somehow the Biden family has enriched itself during Joe Biden's last couple of years in the White House as vice president and thereafter, right up to this point where he's debating on stage to become the president. And somehow now when he didn't really plan on running for the presidency in, in, in 2020, he was sort of the alternative 
to Bernie Sanders, if you remember. The Democrats were scared to death if they ran who they really are in the name of Bernie Sanders, an ultra-socialist policy platform, that they'd never get elected. So they pulled out good old Honest Joe, who we're going to find out isn't really all that honest. And Joe got caught in between his uh, push for wealth creation, which he openly talked about. That's what he really wanted to do once he got out of the White House. He didn't think he was going to be president. He never thought he was going to run again. And all of a sudden, manna from heaven. He's in the top spot. He's debating Donald Trump for the presidency. And now somehow he's got to bury this past. And he's going to need a lot of help to bury this past. He's going to need a lot of help from the deep state, particularly the FBI and all the social media platforms, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, all of the liberal uh, newspapers, everybody, to go ahead and bury this story about how he came into such wealth and how Hunter came into such wealth. I mean, at one point, you know, Hunter's making $83,000 a month to sit on a board that he rarely attends in Ukraine, and it was paid millions of dollars up front Uh, you know, as a retainer to be on this board. I mean, they had millions of dollars coming in from China, from Ukraine, from Russia, as you're going to find out. And somehow it didn't all just end up in, uh, in Hunter's bank account. It got spread around in the family. And now Joe's got to, Joe's got to cover this up somehow. And he's got to go at Trump, making him look like Trump's the dishonest guy. Trump's the guy getting all this money from all these places. He, you know, he's got all these secret deals to develop uh, resorts in uh, Russia and in China. He's got bank accounts all over the world. All the suspicion. It's been nothing but Russia, Russia, Russia uh, all, all along the way. And that's what Joe is going to continue to hammer because that's what the press has gone after Trump for the longest time. And you're going to see that Joe, and this is probably the most evil, disingenuous thing that you're ever going to see in politics. Joe presents himself as the last honest man. He is a person of integrity. He is trustworthy. He is stable. He has the character to go along with this position like nobody else has ever had. He's a blue-collar man. He's a regular guy from Scranton and someplace else in Wilmington, uh, Delaware, but at, at the same time, there's, we're not uncovering any of the history that he had with the credit card companies. You know, all the credit card companies are there in Delaware. You know, Mastercard and 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 the other ones, they all incorporated there. And Joe was has been in bed with them from the get go. Uh, even now, listening to Joe talk about he wants to pass some some law against excessive fees by the credit card companies. Joe was the one who led all of that stuff. He even made it so you couldn't file for personal bankruptcy if you had credit card debt. He was one of the leaders of that bill so that you, you, had, you had to pay up. He didn't want his credit card companies in Delaware losing money. Oh, there's so much to talk about. But anyway, on to this next clip. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. So Trump allegedly lost the election in 2020. So if he lost, 
and and you know Trump's aging as well. Why are they? You know, why are they still at the Trump assassination game? You have to ask. Well, I, I think there's at least three reasons. They need a villain for the media to write about. You know, all the profits, all the clicks, all the views, all the, everything has gone down in the liberal media because there's not a Trump to write about. Well, we've had these little stories about Mar-a-Lago and the secret, you know, classified documents and, uh, you know, he had to release his tax returns and this, but there's been nothing like, you know, the hate that they were able to generate and print all this time uh, while Trump was in office. Additionally, uh, uh, Twitter got taken down by Elon Musk. That's no longer a hate Trump uh, platform. So, uh, They'd like to have Trump, Trump, you know, back in so many uh, reasons, and, and they want to stay at it for that reason. Uh, Trump's also officially running in 2024. That's that's the reason to, you know, to have him around. And the third reason is that they fear him. Uh, Trump must not be allowed to come back under any circumstances. Trump won't be a novice this time around, and and he gets a Republican majority if he does in Congress. Uh, the progressive woke agenda is going to be in serious jeopardy. I mean, never before when you think about it, has there been such a mounted and continuous propaganda campaign against one individual in our lifetime. Can you think of anybody beside Lucifer himself that's been this vilified by so many different institutions, academia, you know, uh, the Democrat lawyers, which really run the, the American Bar Association. Oh, it doesn't matter. All the media, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, really, I can't think of anyone who's been more vilified than, than Donald Trump. And all this really to advance a pernicious, what I'd call insidious, and, and really evil beyond evil ideology of socialist progressivism and, and culturally corrupt wokeism. But don't despair. All is not lost. I don't think so anyway. Conservatives did win the House, and, and, and they have joined the fight with uh, newfound power and enthusiasm, even though it's by a very narrow margin, and there's all the caveats that go along with uh, people going off the rails in the House, like, like they have in the Senate. Take a look at how many people we have in the Senate that you can't really say they are conservatives or Republicans, but somehow identify as part of the GOP. But this, this current House GOP has accepted, in my opinion anyway, the, a moral imperative to root out the rot in our federal institutions, like the DOJ, the FBI, even our military. And we, and we owe it to ourselves to support, really to support their efforts I mean, at the very least, we owe it to ourselves to, to pay attention to the battles they've now joined. And these are important battles. We'll never get this opportunity again. You know, it's like one of those things they say in life, when you see it, do it, because it's never going to come this way again. I, I do a lot of shopping that way, and I, there are people that take exception with the way I shop. But... Uh, in any event, this is one of those times we've got to really pay attention to all these meetings that are going on and the treasure trove of information that's coming out. You have to remember, these House members have been collecting this information for two years. 
There are dozens upon dozens of FBI agents that have turned whistleblowers, as we're just finding out the other day in a a Jim Jordan hearing, uh, a Judiciary Committee looking into uh, the weaponization of the FBI, which it's it's every bit as bad as we've all thought, and we're going to hear more, and it's going to make it nauseous. Well, they've launched House committee hearings to expose what surely is going to be our death as a free nation if they fail. So we've got to support them. Now, beginning with this particular Frankly Daniel show and the next several to follow, I'm going to bring out what I believe will help us understand the gravity of this war by highlighting key battles along the way. And in the meantime, We've got to prepare for elections in 2024. I know the fatigue over elections is is nuts, particularly with how bad we all felt as to what didn't happen, and and we can't figure out why it didn't happen in 2022. But there are some underlying nasty things that were going on, even in 2022, that I think aren't going to be going on in 2024. And I think we've... You know, I think the whole GOP has woken up to these to these issues. Now, it's it's beyond imperative that we increase this narrow margin in the House come 2024. It, it's critical we take back the Senate, and we have to do that with a commanding count of committed, to, really committed conservative GOP senators. I mean, you have to remember we have to cope with the likes of Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and. You know, Mitch McConnell, all Republicans and conservatives in name only. And finally, make, make no mistake, we, we absolutely must win the presidency. So while I'm on my soapbox, let me say today, our young nation faces the most perilous time, I believe, since the end of the Cold War. And by the way, I was there for the whole Cold War. Yes, we're a very young nation. We're 246 years young. Heck, I've been here for 30% of this nation's life. Uh, yes, Ronald Reagan ended the Cold War, and he did it with two simple visions. The first is peace through strength. Peace through strength. What do you think the second one was? The second one is and was trust but verify. Now, President Barack Obama began the great retreat from these principles as he weakened our military and our standing around the world, as he went around apologizing his first six months in office. He went all over the world and apologized for America. We've been such bad boys. You know, we're not any better than anybody else. There's no such thing as American exceptionalism. And as he attempted to sign a nuclear treaty with Iran, He walked all over the imperative to trust but verify. President Donald Trump more than understood how important both of these policies are. Peace through strength, trust but verify. And he did this all all in his own practice. His power to lead, he always kept these principles in mind. Trump was remarkably successful during his short four years. Can you imagine if, if he got the kind of support from the media that Joe Biden is getting and Joe Biden is lower than a snake 
and deserves none of the hype that he gets, none of the uh, look the other ways that he gets compared to what Trump was doing. Now, you don't have to like Trump's personality or his superlatives with everything he said. You know, this is the greatest, this is a supreme, all, all of those things. You just had to look at what he did, not what he said, what he did. That's the difference in Joe Biden. You have to pay attention to what he said, but you really have to pay attention to what he's doing. I mean, Trump recognized that we had drifted from Reagan's two guiding principles. Trump's Make America Great Again was a call to return to peace through strength and trust but verify. Now, the so-called deep state with Joe Biden on the top of the socialist ticket stole the 2020 election from Donald Trump. But we've come to better understand day by day as we look at our family economics and the social climate, that is, uh, Joe Biden and, and is the Democrats, they stole an election from us and installed a puppet government. The Democrats, or whatever you wish to call them, American Marxist, Democratic Socialist, the woke party, whatever, they stole an election from us and put somebody in there that every day of the week we recognize how devastating that has been to our families. Just think back for a second of all the stuff we went through with COVID. Did, did you get fired? Did you leave your job because you wouldn't take this emergency use vaccine that isn't really a vaccine? It's more like a therapeutic or a prophylactic that didn't prophylact very well. Uh, do you remember your kids having to stay home? Oh, it was nice getting those checks in the mail. You know, we all had a fun time spending Monopoly money. Or many people with multiple children, you know, put that away for their college savings fund. They started off with uh, $10,000 in the fund. And by the time Joe got finished with inflation, that he's talking about as if he's fighting something that he had nothing to do with. Although he's the one that's directly responsible for they saw that $10,000 all of a sudden become $8,000 and $7,500. It just kept going down and down as our, uh, you know, IRAs are going down and our retirement and all of us on fixed incomes. You darn right that I'm relatively PO'd, uh, that's a technical term, PO'd about the fact that um, all this stuff has happened. It would have been one thing if Joe was just a caretaker but no, he wasn't. He's a cardboard cutout for all the Obama people that populated the White House and are really doing Obama's third term in office. But this time, they can hide behind the curtain. And believe me, this is not a Wizard of Oz kind of thing where you get uh, you know, the, the benefits of courage and a brain and, uh, and other good things happen to you. This, this is not what's going on. Now, I ask you to listen to this next clip. It's a little long. It's in the second debate again, and it's Joe Biden telling the world that people are afraid, foreign governments are afraid to mess with our elections because he's the toughest hombre they've ever come up again. And they all know that, and they want him to lose because Trump's a pushover. So here it goes. I made it clear. And I ask everyone else to take the pledge. I made it clear that any country, no matter who it is, that interferes in American elections will pay a price. They will pay a price. 
And it's been overwhelmingly clear this election, I won't even get into the last one, this election, that Russia has been involved, China has been involved to some degree, and now we learn that, that, uh, that uh, Iran is involved. They will pay a price if I'm elected. They're interfering with American sovereignty. That's what's going on right now. They're interfering with American sovereignty. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't think the president said anything to Putin about it. I don't think he's talking to them a lot. I don't think he said a word. I don't know why he hadn't said a word to Putin about it. And I don't know what he has recently said, if anything, to the Iranians. My guess is he'd probably be more outspoken with regard to the Iranians. But the point is this, folks. We are in a situation where we have foreign company, countries trying to interfere in the outcome of our election. His own, own national security advisor told him that what is happening with his buddy, well, I, won't, I shouldn't, oh, I will. His buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian, that is not true. And then what happens? Nothing happens. And then you find out that everything that's going on here about Russia is wanting to make sure that I do not get elected the next president of the United States because they know I know them and they know me. I don't understand why this president is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan, when he's engaged in activities that are trying to destabilize all of NATO. I don't know why he doesn't do it, but it's worth asking the question, why isn't that being done? Any country that interferes with us will, in fact, pay a price because they're affecting our sovereignty. Isn't this precious? It's so interesting that Joe says he got his staff to all sign a pledge not to have anything to do with foreign nations interfering in our elections. But somehow he exempted his family and the Democrats and the deep state from interfering in the 2020 elections and perhaps also in the 2022 elections. Don't forget the classified documents found at the Penn Biden Center were found six days before the midterms. Would they have changed a few votes? Possibly. But nothing compares to what happened in 2020. And then he talks about Iran as a bad actor. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Joe was part of the Obama team sending billions of bucks to Iran to sweeten a nuclear arms treaty that became an agreement because Obama and Biden couldn't get the Senate to sign off on it as a treaty. I'm sure you know just about what time it is right about now. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back in here. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, 
You're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. As we finished out that last clip, I just wanted to come back to something. Joe Biden accuses Trump of not responding to Russia paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. I don't know if you remember that. This first charge came out in the Atlantic magazine, and it's a totally false story, totally debunked. But it's another one of those you know, Joe Biden specials that is handled by other people in back rooms. This next clip is an interesting one because it talks about Social Security and Medicare. And it's the thing that Democrats always bring up, that somehow Republicans are out to torpedo these two programs, to sunset them somehow. Joe Biden's gone on that campaign now, not only to bring it up in the State of the Union address, but he also went on and on days after as he's done these other campaign stops, and that's essentially what they are, continuing to say that, in fact, the Republicans, even after that show at the State of the Union where they all stood up and said, no, we're not ever going to touch this, this didn't stop Joe from going out 
to Wisconsin and to Florida and talk about the Republicans are going to napalm these two programs, and you deserve them, and you need to hear from me now that I, I will never do that. I will vote, veto them. I will stand up for them, yada, yada, yada. Against. And the idea that we're in a situation that are going to destroy Medicare, this is the guy that the actuary at Medicare said, if in fact, at Social Security, if in fact he continues to withhold his plan to withhold the tax on Social Security, Social Security will be bankrupt in by 2023 with no way to make up for it. This is the guy who's tried to cut Medicare. So I don't, I mean, the idea that Donald Trump is lecturing me on Social Security and Medicare? Come on. In 1995, there was a ferocious debate on the Senate floor about a balanced budget amendment. Joe Biden was up arguing against a balanced budget amendment. But he said, as you will find out, self is not a, a sacred undertaking and could be counterproductive. But it seems to me that we should tell the American people. I look at the polls out there. For example, I want to go on record. I'm up for re-election this year, and I'm going to remind everybody what I did at home, which is going to cost me politically. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it the third time, and I tried it the fourth time. Somebody has to tell me in here how we're going to do this hard work without dealing with any of those sacred cows, some deserving more protection than others. I'm not quite sure how you get from here to there. There's two extremely interesting things in this clip. 1995 on the Senate floor, Joe Biden talking about spending. They're concerned about a balanced budget and putting an amendment into the Constitution, an amendment, not a law that's part of regular everyday order, but an amendment to balance the budget. And he is proposing that everything should be on the table to control spending. Now, put that in to what's going on currently now, where the Republicans are saying, we've got to stop spending, and we're going to look at this uh, raising the debt ceiling as, as motivation to look at some of the things we might cut. Back then... Joe Biden was willing to put everything on the table. The second thing is he's, he's told you in his own words that he has tried to put everything on the table through the introduction of law four different times, and it included everything, veterans affairs, military spending, uh, Medicare at the time, Social Security, everything. It's very disingenuous now to be talking about these things as if these have always been Republican ideas somehow to, to, to cut Medicare and Medicaid and, uh, and Social Security. It's just ridiculous. And by the way, it was Rick Scott, one of my senators here in Florida, who proposed you know, prior to the elections that Every five years, these two programs, Social Security and Medicare, should be looked at in order to keep them solvent. They should be reviewed about all the things that are included and not included in these things to make sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, that there haven't been any administrative tinkering with it around the margins that have added things or taken things out. 
That's all he talked about. And, of course, he's been crucified by the Democrats over and over saying, aha, you see, we found one, and that's the person who's leading the charge to cut Medicare and Social Security. It's just so much BS. Now, here's another clip from that debate in 2020. Joe Biden telling us the following. I want you to pay close attention to what he's going to say. Vice President Biden, you may respond. And then I do want to follow up on the election security. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. Say it again, Joe. Say it again. Vice President Biden, you may respond. And then I do want to follow up on the election security. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. Now, Joe thought he was pretty slick here, but I think it's a very damning statement. I have not taken a penny from any foreign governments in my life. Now, technically, this is true because it came by way from Hunter in their family influence peddling uh, business. Additionally, the money didn't come directly from Russia, China, or Ukraine governments. Instead, it came through intermediaries, people who were well-connected in these governments, particularly in China. This next clip from the same debate is where Joe Biden turns the tables and tries to accuse Trump of receiving under the table foreign money from Ukraine, from China, from Russia, because he's doing projects there. None of that's true. Trump divested himself of all bank accounts and all projects in any of these countries prior to filing for the presidency. But it's a quick, it's a politician's trick where you say, no, I'm not the one who's stealing money or taking money from foreign governments. You're the person and you're doing this and you're doing that and the other things. And as far as the tax returns, I don't understand why Trump just didn't put this stuff out there when, when he probably could have. You know, the Mueller report in all those investigations into Trump for Russia, 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 they looked at all of that. They knew, Miller knew all his tax returns. Uh, they, they had all that information. Nothing raised a red flag. In fact, even when he finally ended up filing them, it, it was no big thing. There were a couple of years where he didn't pay much tax, and one year he didn't pay any. But he followed all the rules that Joe Biden voted on for 36 years in the Senate. There wasn't one breach of rules as far as the tax code goes. Now, the other interesting thing with Biden, right after the classified document uh, business hit the fan uh, for Biden, where he said, go look at my 22 years of tax returns. You can't look at those anymore. They were snatched from that website so quick that the, the website practically crashed. It, it, it's remar- so you can't look at Joe's tax returns anymore. And the, the fear is there's something in there, just like with the classified documents that were sloppily lay, laid around in different places. Uh, there was something in his tax returns that they really didn't want anybody looking at and bringing up. So here's the clip. We learned that this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever, number one. Number two, this is a president. I have released all of my tax returns, 22 years. Go look at them. 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? Why are you unwilling? 
The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country, all around the world. And China's building a new road to a new ga a, a, a golf course you have overseas. So what's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? There's just a few more clips of this debate I want to get through in this particular show. This next one, Joe decides to go ahead and tell us about Burisma, Joe's activity over there in firing the prosecutor that was looking into Burisma, and then also how uh, Hunter hasn't made any money in Ukraine or he hasn't made any money in China or any place else. He's just squeaky clean. Everything was above board. There's a couple of lies told in this clip. See if you can catch them. We'll, we'll, we'll review them uh, right after. Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard to Ukraine, we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of a Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person when he was going through his impeachment, testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. I carried out U.S. policy. Not one single solitary thing was out of line. Not a single thing, number one. Number two, the guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do and did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had, a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. Okay, here we go. Here's the first lie. We had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of a Burisma. Joe said he found out later, later than when, later, that Hunter was on the board and whether there was anything ethical. His implication is quite clear. When he went to deny a loan to the Ukraine government, whether they fired the prosecutor that was looking into Burisma, that he knew nothing about Hunter being there. We now know through emails and other correspondence on the laptop from hell, that's an absolute lie. Joe knew about it, and he's known about it ever since. Here's a clip of Peter Ducey from Fox News asking Joe Biden on the campaign, campaign trail 10 months before the 2020 debate whether, in fact, he had ever talked to his son, Hunter, about his business dealings. Here's Joe's answer. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. Okay, but have you never spoken to your Pardon son? You see how bristly old uh, Joe got? He wasn't too happy about that question, and he's not been too happy since. But he deflects it as being untrue. We now know it's absolutely true, and he just lied again. And he's asked this question once again by Peter Ducey later on in the campaign. Same lie. Well, I didn't mean to get that far down that particular rabbit hole or set of lies by Joe. But here's the second lie that was in the prior clip. 
my son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. There's so much evidence that this is false that it's not even worth going over. You can find it just about anywhere. Here's another clip from that debate, October 2020, about the economy. Joe wants to talk about the economy under Trump, how everybody is suffering under the Trump economy. Here's the, here's the clip. He doesn't want to talk about the, the, the substantive issues. It's not about his family and my family. It's about your family. And your family's hurting badly. If you're making less than, if you're a middle-class family, you're getting hurt badly right now. You're sitting at the kitchen table this morning deciding, well, we can't get new tires, they're bald because we have to wait another month or so. Or are we going to be able to pay the mortgage? Or who's going to tell her she can't go back to, to community college? They're the decisions you're making in the middle-class families like I grew up in Scranton and Claymont. They're in trouble. We should be talking about your families, but that's the last thing he wants to talk about. I want, to, is a I want to talk about statement. North Korea. Me, I do want to second, turn to please. 10 seconds, Mr. President. That's 10 a seconds. typical political statement. Let's get off this China thing. And then he looks, the family, around the table, everything. Just right. a typical politician when I see that. Let's talk I'm about North Korea. I'm not a typical Korea politician. Okay, That's President why I got Trump. elected. That let's was, talk let's about get off the subject of China. Let's talk around, sitting around the table. All right. Come on, Joe, you we're, can do better. We're gonna what I find particularly galling about this section, this clip, is that Biden is telling us today how good we really have it. And I, I am befuddled as to how anybody could be that delusional to try and claim that he's created 12 million jobs when Democrat governors and, and mayors and Joe Biden, you know, fired millions of people, literally millions of workers lost their job in, in, every, in every kind of company because of COVID mandates. Take the jab or you're out of work. Not to mention this inflation is directly attributable to him. We didn't have to go to war with Ukraine, with uh, partnering with Ukraine in this Russia thing. Had Joe not looked so pathetic in Afghanistan and signaled weakness to, to Putin, that we probably would never have had this war. It certainly wouldn't have happened under Trump. I am convinced of that. And then for Joe to be running around uh, Europe saying that he's rallied everybody. You know, Trump made NATO pump in another $147 billion. They weren't going to pony up. And they wouldn't get religion about fossil fuels and the chance that if Russia ever cut off the pipeline, they were going to get cooked, but it wasn't going to be with fossil fuels. It, no, no. Instead, now they're, they all got religion. Now they're all believers that they should do something about this. And they can't move to green energy fast enough. You know, green energy will never solve their problems in our life, certainly not in my lifetime. I'll probably be around another 10 years. But it's going to be much longer than that. And Joe jokingly says during the State of the Union, we're probably going to need oil for at least another decade. That's very generous of you, Joe. But we've spent now more than $100 billion, depleted our own armament uh, stores, in order to fight a war by proxy, which I think in many ways we should be in, but I think the Europeans should be doing a lot more. It's always we come to the aid of the Europeans. This is really a, as a proxy World War III on a very small scale. Let's hope it doesn't get any bigger than that. But just as Trump says in this clip, 
oh, it's just like you to go ahead and switch the topic. We don't want to talk about all the graft that you're in, all the corruption, all the money under the table, millions of dollars. We're not talking about 100000 50000 payoff here or there. We're not talking about in barter like you got 100 cases of some kind of champagne from somebody or somebody gifted you a cow. No, we're talking about hard cash. But these next two clips are really at the heart of what we need to pay attention to because we have serious pathology in the White House. I hope he does look at me because what's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. I am anxious to have this race. I am anxious to see this take place. I am the character of the country is on the ballot. Our character is on the ballot. Look at us closely. The gall, the gall of this man. But you know, he was telling the truth and we did not do it. We were persuaded otherwise that this was Honest Joe. And you know, when you look, I've got so many clips to share with you next week, that little clips of all these lies he has told over 50 years. We have 50 years of, of I, I have scores and scores of audio clips of Joe, uh, Joe just telling outright complete fabrications, stories about his uh, private life, about you know, how he was a football All-American, how he was appointed to the Naval Academy, one thing, one thing after the other. And it's not just in his dotage here in these latter years where he's literally falling apart before our eyes. These are back in 1995, in 1976, in 78, in 87. You know, his law school, he said, you know, I went to law school, and after the first year, a part of the first year, I decided that uh, I didn't know I wanted to be a lawyer, so I, I left school for a while, then I came back. And that's a bald-faced lie. What happened is he was suspended because he had plagiarized a paper, and he hadn't just plagiarized one for one of his classes. There were five pages taken verbatim, put in without attribution, into one of his papers. He was suspended. That's the, that's the kind of honesty we have with Joe. And he didn't learn a lesson there. He went on to plagiarize later. You probably don't know this. I, 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 I'm going to get this off my chest. You know, in the campaign for 2020, the Biden campaign office spent $4,200 buying anti-plagiarism software so that anything Joe was going to say, anything they were going to type up for Joe, they could run through this software and see in advance whether... It had been plagiarized from some other uh, other quote because that's how afraid they were that Joe was going to blurt out another one of his infamous uh, plagiarized quotes. Now, I have to give their press office credit because that's probably a pretty wise idea to do, even if you're not Joe Biden, because there's, you know, there's so many things said nowadays, you get something in your head. But Joe's had a chronic problem with that. And some some of these quotes aren't just a line or two. They are you know, till the cows come home kinds of quotes. But this next clip is the clip that's going to come back and destroy his presidency, Joe's presidency, for good. Because the Republicans in the House and the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee and the Intelligence Committee, they all have the goods on this. And they're being informed by scores of FBI whistleblowers about the kinds of things that have been going on in the background to intimidate 
people at Facebook, at Twitter, a lot of other places that were willing to be intimidated by the FBI to squash stories and and come out with their own version of what the laptop wasn't. And the laptop isn't about all of his escapades with women and drugs. There's so much information on this laptop that they're still mining out of it. It'll take them another three or four years just just to archive all the business dealings that are on this laptop. So here's that clip I've been promising. Excuse me. Please respond, and then we're going to have follow-up. This is true about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq. If this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody. President Trump, I want to stay on the issue of race. We're talking about the the issue from hell. President Trump, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. President Trump, you have to respond to that. Please, because look, there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what, is this that's where you're exactly going? what This is going. where he's going. The that, laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President? again with Russia. We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President, you've just... You know, on this last piece of this clip, I want to talk about that for a second. Let me play it for you again. We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President, you've just... What absolutely surprises me is that this moderator never went with what these people wanted to talk about and didn't want to talk about. She had her own defined formula we're going to talk about race we're going to talk about this we're going to talk about that as if somehow this free-flowing debate which what it should have been is just let the subjects go where they're going to go you can read the rest of their positions on stuff you wanted to see these people perform in real time and trump had a hot topic because he had just found out about this laptop and it had been corroborated by people who had done business with the Bidens and knew that not only the laptop was genuine, but also the information on the laptop about the business practices were also genuine. And you know what? As of today, I think everybody agrees that this is not only Hunter's laptop, but that the material on the hard drive also belongs to Hunter because now he's claiming copyright to it through his attorney saying, this is all copyrighted material. It belongs to me. Well, if that's true, all that business stuff they're unrolling in these emails and other correspondence, uh, phone calls that have been backed up on the hard drive, it's also all real. And I don't know how in tarnation Joe's going to get out of this because eventually they have 150 bank transactions, ones that had to be reported to the IRS because they were more than $10,000. Some of them are in the millions of dollars. So far, they, you know, the committees haven't been able to get their hands on. But now that the Republicans are in charge of the House, they can subpoena these records. Now, that fight's going to take a little bit, but they're going to win. They're going to see where all of this money came from and to whom it went and there's a lot of really head-scratching things. I don't know if you know that Joe Biden just took out 
a quarter million dollar second mortgage on his beach house. I believe it was the beach house. What does he need that money for? Uh, apparently, Hunter is going to mount a, a, a legal campaign to try and obstruct anybody learning anything more about what's on that laptop. There's very good speculation that this legal defense, at minimum, is going to cost a quarter million dollars, if not more. So who is Joe protecting? Is he protecting Joe? Is he protecting Hunter? Is he protecting Joe's brothers, Frank and James? Is he trying to protect everybody from going to prison? I'm going to leave you with one final clip of Jim Jordan talking about what's going on in his committee about the weaponization of the FBI. You've been listening to The Frankly Daniel Show. Please join me next weekend. We have so much more to cover. November 18th, 2021, an FBI whistleblower discloses to Republicans on the House Judiciary that the FBI created a threat tag for parents voicing their concerns at school board meetings. April 26, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that the FBI employees are being run out of the Bureau for attending conservative political events. September 14, 2022, an FBI whistleblower discloses that the FBI views the Betsy Ross flag as a terrorist symbol. September 19, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that the Washington field office is deliberately manipulating January 6 case files to make it appear that domestic violence extremism is on the rise. In November 4th, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses the FBI accepts private user information from Facebook without the user's consent, and information is from only the conservative side of the political spectrum. This is only a sampling.